0: You're listening to the Bonfire Podcast, fanning the flames of the gospel to the ends of the world. Come on, let's dive into the word. Well, welcome in everyone to the Bonfire Podcast. Um, again, we're glad that you are joining us on this week's edition of uh, the Bonfire Podcast. You are listening to uh, what is the uh, fifth in a podcast series that we're calling "Blessed Assurance," a study through uh, First John and. And, uh, you know, Dad and I would like to welcome you if this is your first time listening. Uh, we want to welcome you on in and, and come along and, and just uh, uh, listen, and hopefully you'll be uh, enriched in, in what you hear as we uh, study God's Word together. And for those of you who have been with us uh, the entire time, again, we just appreciate your support and you continuing to come and to, to download and and to, uh, to listen uh, to these podcasts. And, um, uh, Dad, you know, today we're going to be uh, continuing uh, through our study. We're going to be finishing up Chapter 2 and moving into the first part. Of, of chapter 3 of 1 mm-hmm. John and right um, as we were talking before we got started, this is kind of a transition section, right? We're is. We're moving from topics. We're moving from the first uh, kind of large uh, theme that was fellowship with God, and then we're moving over into uh, what is going to be kind of uh, the sonship um, that Christians have. Born of God. Born of God, being born of God in this section. And so, um, I, you know, I, I spent a lot of time kind of pondering over these verses this week, and I, you know, I'm excited about what we got to talk about here, and hopefully our listeners, uh, they will uh, be the same. Um, last time when we met, uh, we were going through uh, kind of those last few verses of First John, and if you haven't had a chance to go back and listen to that, uh, really uh, one of the large themes there is that we were talking about kind of end times, mm-hmm. and we were talking about the uh, Antichrist to come, the big A Antichrist. That's right. And then that Antichrist spirit uh, that is already present with mm-hmm. false teachers and, and people who are trying to detract from the faith. And so uh, I would encourage you, if you haven't listened to the last week's uh, episode, please go back and check that out. There's a lot of good information there. Hey,
1: you spoke about that antichrist spirit i think perhaps a lot of you heard that up in portland of course there's been rioting going on now for two months but now some of the rioters have moved from just burning american flags to burning bibles oh yeah so that is the the antichrist spirit certainly
0: yeah, it's it's uh it's kind of unnerving, Dad. It seems like every time we do a podcast, we're seeing something happen in the the news that just kind of fits right along with what we're talking about here. And, That's right. Uh you know, it just goes to show us uh as John said, we are living in those last days. Oh yeah. Um and it's uh, becoming more and more evident each and every day. So well, for today's uh, episode, again, we're going to be in 1 John, and we're going to finish up the last part of chapter 2. So we're going to be starting at 1 John Chapter 2, verses 28, and then we'll be going through um, chapter 3, verse 3 mm-hmm. uh, for uh, today's uh, podcast. And so we're going to take this, as we normally do, just kind of verse by verse— and uh, kind of share with you what uh, God revealed to us in our personal study. And, and again, we want to connect with you and we want to have a discussion. And so if you're uh, studying along with us and you see something differently or you want to add into that conversation, you can do that by going to our Facebook page and commenting on the video. You can comment on uh, the Apple uh, app. You can comment on uh, Stitcher or, or Spotify or wherever you're, you're at. And uh, we see those comments and we will read those and we'll respond back to you. Um, as well. And I would also encourage our listeners, if you're uh, looking at Facebook, we've got a large Facebook gathering mm-hmm. uh, that are listening to us now and we're picking up steam there. Um, we need your help in sharing this information. That's and right. So uh, there's a little share button at the bottom of this video. If you'll click that and that will put it on your page. And then all of the people that you have as friends will be able to see uh, the Bonfire podcast and that'll help spread the word. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just a little piece that's always fun is there's uh, those like buttons and little heart buttons and smiley faces and all of that there. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to call those virtual hallelujahs and amens. And so if you're listening uh, to the Bonefire Podcast, please give us an amen or hallelujah by hitting that like button or giving us one of those hugs uh, so that we know that you're enjoying what you're what you're hearing come from us.
1: That's right. They will help us to fan the flames of the gospels we put it. That,
0: that is exactly right. So, well, Dad, let's go ahead and, and just jump right in, and, and we're going go to go to verse 28 here, and uh, I'll read it to get us started. It says, And now, little children, abide in Him, that when He appears, we may be confident uh, and not ashamed before Him at His coming. And so that's verse uh, 28 there, Dad. And mm-hmm. you know, uh, John starts this verse with kind of where we've been. He uses that same term we've ran into several times now. Abide, right? right. Um, and he encourages his readers that they need to abide in Christ. They need to have that close fellowship and relationship with Christ and and to stay close to him. But what's interesting in this verse uh, that he doesn't do in all the other verses is he gives an incentive uh, to his readers as to why they should abide. Mm-hmm. And we see that in that verse that that it, he references the fact that Jesus is going to return someday. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just uses the simple reference of, of saying when he appears. That's mm-hmm. that's the way that he references the second coming of Jesus. And mm-hmm. so for us as Christians, we believe that one day Christ is going to return for his church. Right, He's going to come back. Um, and there's several verses in the scripture that speak to that. One of my favorite is First Thessalonians uh, chapter four, Dad? I think you've got your Bible open yeah, to that. Can you can you share that? Uh, this is First Thessalonians chapter four. I think thirteen through eighteen.
1: Right, the Apostle Paul is writing, and he said, "But I do not want you to be ignorant. That means uninformed, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep." lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. That would be like your pagan neighbors. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, that's the gospel, even so God will bring with Jesus those who sleep in Jesus. Now, this is talking about the fact that when a believer dies before Christ returns, their soul goes to heaven and their souls up there in heaven with Jesus until Jesus returns for the church. And he's going to bring those that are already in heaven He is referring to Paul is the ones already in heaven as those being asleep in Jesus. He says, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means proceed. That means get ahead of those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words.
0: You know, Dad, uh, I-, I love that section of scripture there. It talks about uh, that reunion that's going to happen Oh yeah, when that dead in Christ rise and those that remain. We're all going to have this big homecoming in the sky. Right. And, and Jesus is going to be right there in the midst of it. And, you know, that's, uh, that's just uh, joy to my heart when I hear those words. And you know me, Dad, I like to use uh, song lyrics when I do um, my lessons and things like that. And so when I was reading this last night, uh, the words popped to my head. It says, Oh, what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see, when I look upon on his face, the one who saved me by his grace. Mm-hmm. Um, that that lyric, just as it says, uh, as the old song says, that's going to be a glorious day, right? Uh, particularly for those who abide in Christ. Mm-hmm. And you know, John says that uh, in that verse twenty-eight, he says those who are abiding in Christ will have confidence in his coming. Uh huh. And they're going to be looking forward to it. They're going to be excited when they hear that trumpet blast. There's going to be those of us that says, "Yes, let's get this on. Let's get this going." Right. Uh, because we're excited about what's going to happen. Uh huh. Um, but if you look closely at what John says, uh, you'll see that that day is not going to be glorious for all Christians. You know, particularly for Christians that have failed to abide. And uh, have not had a close relationship or a fellowship with Christ, mm-hmm. it, it's, it could be a shameful day for them. That's right. Know? And um, you know, it's one of those things, uh, Dad, that we have to. I think we all remember as Christians, we are we have the benefit of uh, our sins have been forgiven, right? Those mm-hmm. are not going to be held against us. That's right. And so we're not going to be judged uh, for our sins, but we're still going to have to give an account for what we did with our lives and right. our service to Christ, how faithful we were to Him. And uh, there's going to be some folks when that trumpet blast that they're going to be ashamed of the way that they've lived their life and the time that they spent here as a Christian right. uh, because they haven't been faithful and they haven't been obedient and they haven't been following through with living uh, life to the fullest as a, as a Christian.
1: That's right. That's exactly right.
0: Some Christians will be, you know, ashamed before his coming. And, and in some translations they use in that section, they use the word the phrase to shrink away from him in shame. Mm -hmm. And that's some, just some serious words right there that, to think about Jesus coming back and Mm -hmm. having to shrink away from him in shame. That's not a glorious day for for those, those folks. And, um, you know, Christians that, uh, who have not walked in fellowship with Christ or in obedience and love and truth will lose their rewards, uh-huh. and uh, this will make them ashamed. And, you know, it's just such a, a sad thought to, to think about that There's those are, are people out there. You know, Dad, um, in uh, the early church, uh, the, the, the Christians that were uh, around when John was writing this— you know, they lived their life in just this continual state of, of, of looking and longing for Jesus to return. Mm-hmm. They, they felt like it could happen at any day. And, that's right. you know, I feel like that, um, you know, probably in our time and in the church of today, we've kind of lost that in some sense. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't feel that there's this urgency that people have that today could be the day that Jesus comes back. And if he doesn't come back today, tomorrow could be the day that he comes back. And they they just continually are, are, are waiting for that. And you know, when I'm not uh, here telling people about Jesus, I do have a day job. I work uh, in healthcare, mm-hmm. work in pharmacy, and uh, I'm a pharmacist by training. If you watched uh, or listened to our first podcast, you kind of learned that about me. And so pharmacy is one of the most highly regulated industries uh, within the healthcare sector, and mm-hmm. we have a term um, that gets used quite frequently as uh, we call it continual ready- readiness mm-hmm. or perpetual readiness, and that basically just means that in every day, what we try to do is make sure that we've got all of our paperwork in order. We've got all of our operations in such a way that at any moment in time, an inspector can show up from one of our regulators. It could be the DEA. It could be the FDA. It Uh could be the board of pharmacy. It could be one of our accrediting bodies Mm -hmm. and they can show up at any time. And we have to be ready to, to lay out in front of them and say, this is what we do, this is how we do it, this is what we've done in the past, right and we have to stay continually ready. And I just think for our listeners, as Christians, we need to take that same mindset, that we right. need to be in a state of continual readiness for the Lord's return.
1: I know in the early church, the people lived on their tiptoes, so to speak, with expectancy. They were looking for Jesus to come at any time. And of course... When we look for Jesus to come at any time like that, that gives us a reason to keep a close check on our daily fellowship with the Lord. Because who in the world would want Jesus to come back and find them doing something that they're not supposed to be doing or in a place that they're not supposed to be or reading something they should not be reading? You wouldn't want your parents to walk in the room and see you doing something that's wrong. Likewise, you don't want Jesus to come back and find you in the wrong place either. We have got to be looking for His return. I want to encourage all of you out there to to keep your eyes peeled towards the sky because it could be that Jesus could come back at any moment. Certainly, a lot of things that is forecast to happen during the tribulation time that's talked about in Revelation. Why? We can look at those things as forecasts to happen, and we can say, "Hey, you know, I could really see all of these things happening in our lifetime." Things have changed in the world since uh, uh, John wrote First John. Things have changed. There's things that are happening in the world today that we can read into this symbolism that John used in Revelation to describe things he'd never seen before. I mean, we can see it. Well. I I read an illustration one time about how we're to be looking for his return. I mean, here's a little boy in a certain home. He's too young to tell time. But in the evening, he seems to know that it's time for his daddy to come home. And so he begins to look out the window and listen at the door. And soon he sees him coming. The door opens and he leaps into his arms, just like that little boy. We need to be looking and listening for the Lord like that little boy. We need to be looking with anticipation, day by day, moment by moment, expecting him to return."
0: You know, the fact that Jesus Christ may return at any moment, um, as John said, should be an incentive for us to live in fellowship with him and obedient to his word and obedient to his will all the time. And, you know, I just ask our listeners, uh, think about it. Right as you're listening this podcast right now, this very moment, Jesus could come back. You could hear that trumpet blast and the Mm. sky open up wide and uh, you see uh, a body start flying out of the ground over the graveyard right outside our window here, Dad. And uh, you and I could be shot up into the sky uh, for that reunion. happen this very moment. And I just want to ask our listeners to think about your life. And would you be confident at that moment in time? Or would you be ashamed of your life? Uh, the, the shame of, of the way that you're living, as you mentioned, are you doing something at that very moment uh, that that is wrong? Or would it just be your lack of service and your lack of obedience uh, that, that you would be ashamed of? And that's something that, it, that I think all of us need to just keep in our mind. It's part of that continual readiness to think about at any moment it could happen. And uh, we need to be ready for his return because, again, it could be right now.
1: That's right. And, you know, after Jesus comes in the rapture, and I told you earlier when I was reading that scripture from First Thessalonians, he's going to bring with him when he comes in the air for his, his church on earth. He's going to bring with him the souls of those saints that died that's already there that were Christians. They're going to get a glorified body first. God knows where the, all the dust is, uh, the, the elements of our body, knows how to pull them together and make a brand-new, glorious body. They'll get their new body first. Then we that are alive, if, if we happen to be alive when Jesus returns, poof, we'll get our instant body in the twinkling of a uh, of an eye. We'll all go up to heaven to be with him, as you said, in that, in that great reunion. It's, it's going to be a fabulous time. But after the rapture of the church— for seven years the worlds will be going through a tribulation time. And during that tribulation, some point during that tribulation, there will be the judgment seat of Christ. And that's where each Christian stands before God and gives an account of their life. Like you said a while ago, we won't be judged for our sins. Our sins have already been judged at, at Calvary. Uh, Jesus died for our sins. But But some people will suffer loss because the rewards they would have received for living a godly life and a spirit-filled life, why, if they didn't live that godly life and spirit-filled life like they should, they will not receive those rewards. They'll suffer loss. Boy, that will be a time to hang your head. And like my son Matt said, are you ready to stand before Jesus today? A lot of people say, boy, I want him to come right now. Well, I want him to come too, but I want to be ready. And I'm trying to live in a state of readiness. You know, I told Matt a while ago about an experience that I had when I was just a young boy. I bet I was probably about 11 years old. I'm from Lancaster, South Carolina. Many of you perhaps remember about Charlie Duke. He was an astronaut. His hometown was where I'm from, Lancaster, South Carolina. Well, when I was a little boy, I remember Charlie Dukes returned home after he had went on his space mission. The town of Lancaster was a buzz. A big parade was planned and every civic group was trying to look their best and do their best and getting all things cleaned up and prepared for the astronauts return home from the heavens. Well, I want to tell you something. If you're looking for Jesus to return, you'll likewise in a spiritual sense be just as busy getting things in order and keeping them that way. If anything ought to uh, put you on your tiptoes in anticipation, it should be the fact that we're not just looking for an astronaut who's coming back from the second heaven. No, we're looking for the Lord of lords, the King of kings, to step down from his throne and the third heaven and return. And the thoughts of that are to put fire in your service for Jesus.
0: Mm, yeah, that's, that's all good stuff there, Dad. I, I, just, I love those verses, or that verse rather, and what it speaks to. Um, you know, I want us to to kind of move forward, and we're actually going to to kind of skip over verse twenty nine there at the end of chapter two. I want you to just hold on; we're going to come back to that, um, and we'll get back to that at at the end. And I want to go ahead and move to to chapter three and and look at verse one here and. And, uh, so I'll read that for you. It says, behold, what manner of love the father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. And I'm going to just stop right there. The verse goes on for a little bit more. And, and, uh, you know, John takes a moment right here as he starts chapter three, just to express the wonder of God's love and how he has made us children, Mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, You know, the statement that he says, behold, the manner of love could be translated, behold, what particular out of this world kind of love the Father has bestowed upon us. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just amazing what he did. We must remember and never forget that uh, God was under no obligation to save us from our sins. That's right. Right. I mean, we were, uh, we, uh, when sin entered our, our, world and entered our life, uh, we're at enemies or at enemy with God. And, and, uh, there was nothing that said that he had to make a way for us to be reconciled unto him. And even less, mm-hmm. um, he was not obligated to grant us the privilege of sonship. That's right. Right. I mean, a guy would have been perfectly just in just saying, you know what, you guys, I created you. You've decided to go against me and just to, to let humanity go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He had no obligation whatsoever, but yet in his great love— that he he had for us, mm-hmm. uh, that he not only saved us, but he adopted us into his family, and has given us every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, and and that's just unreal, yeah. you know. And that's what John says here.
1: When I think about his love, Romans five eight comes to my mind that says, "But God demonstrated his own love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us." You know, in and of ourselves, there was nothing lovely. We were sinners, rebellious against God, but he loved us in spite of our sin, and he made a way for us to be forgiven and have salvation.
0: You know, just as uh, John was amazed when he penned, uh, you know, these words of wonder, we should also stand in awe, and we should never take it for granted, Dad. You know, the fact that we have an ability to, despite all the terrible bad things that we've done in our life, that we Mm -hmm. can be reconciled to the, the God of this universe, the creator of the world. And not only are we just reconciled, we are made part of his family. Right. And we are made joint heirs with Christ. I mean, that, I'm sorry, it doesn't get much cooler uh, than that. That's Uh, exactly right. And it's just amazing. I think that same uh, kind of uh, awe that I have right now is what John was speaking Mm -hmm. about when he was writing these verses, uh, you know, so many years ago. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so we're we're children of God. We're a child of God, as as a true believer. John says that you are God's child, mm-hmm. and uh, I think there are, in the next several verses we go through there are implications for being a child of God. There, he, John explains that there are some things that come with being a child of God, and mm-hmm. and uh, I saw it as kind of three things, Dad. And and as we were talking right before we got started, I think our independent study kind of aligned with each other. Yeah. Um, in terms of of, of what we saw here. So Mm -hmm. um, I just listed three things and I'll list them the way that that I came up with them. It says, one, I have that we will be an an oddity to the world. And Mm -hmm. that's what we see in the second part of verse one. And then I see a a second uh, implication of being a child of God is that we will be like Christ. And Mm -hmm. we see that in verse two. And then, um, We're going to couple back uh, verse uh, 29 from chapter two and verse three, and that we should uh, practice righteousness and live pure lives as Mm -hmm. as a child of God. And that's the three things that that I saw there. And we'll go back and kind of dive into those a little bit deeper, uh, each one. So the first one comes from uh, verse one, uh, we'll call it verse one B. And so at the back end of verse one, it says, therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Mm hmm. And uh, I want to hang my hat there just for a little bit. John says, you know, that second part of verse one, that the world does not know us. And, uh, you know, I take that to mean that the world doesn't understand us, Dad. Right. You know, yeah. and, and I begin to think about how we as Christians are, are an oddity to the world mm-hmm. and to a worldly living. Um, it's, it's not unusual for a person who's of the world to look at us and say, I just don't understand what, what, what they're doing. It makes no sense to me. And so the things that I listed out that may, they may have problems understanding or knowing about us is, you know, they they don't understand the way that we live our life. They don't understand the joy and the peace we have. They don't understand why we're so quick to offer forgiveness Mm -hmm. or grace to our wrongdoers. They don't understand why we love everyone regardless of their skin color or where they came from. Mm Mm-hmm. They don't understand our ability to persevere during challenging times and and be long-suffering, you know, like maybe in a worldwide pandemic. Mm -hmm. And lastly, they don't understand uh, why we continually exhibit self-control. Right, you know, and I basically just used the fruits of the spirit there in that section, and kind of went through and listed out Mm -hmm. those are the things that we, as children of God, we possess those those fruits, but those are so such oddities to this world, right? That they don't understand them. You know, listeners, um, when someone doesn't know something or doesn't understand something, the tendency is not to like it, uh, Mm -hmm. to hate it, or even try to destroy it. Right. You know, and I just think about in Jesus's day, it says here that uh, they didn't know him. They didn't know Jesus. They didn't understand who he was or what he was about. Right. And I think to all the stories of when uh, Jesus would do a miracle or he would say something, and then the crowd would either try to pick up stones or it said many times that they tried to capture him, but he was able to evade them Mm -hmm. because it was not his time. And so they didn't know him. And so they, they hated him. They hated him, so they seek to destroy him. Mm-hmm. And then they seek to destroy him, so they crucified him. And listeners, if you're a child of God uh, and and they don't know who you are, they don't know, they don't understand you. And so it's not going to be unusual if you're hated by uh, those in the world right. and uh, potentially they may even try to destroy you. I think the day is coming, Dad, and we're, we're really probably already there right now mm-hmm. uh, where uh, those who are believers in Christ – Um, are going to be facing severe persecution for being a child of God. I believe that. And, uh, you know, with each insult and each accusation that we receive and each you know stone that someone picks up to try and throw at us, we need to take those as badges of honor and continue uh, serving God.
1: That's exactly You know, Dad, you were
0: looking at the same section here, and and you saw uh, this a little bit differently. Can you share with the listeners uh, what you, you went through?
1: Yeah, sure. Well, already... We've already uh, touched on the fact that we are children of God. And sometimes people think, well, uh, nobody will know for sure whether they're going to go to heaven or hell till they die. Well, that's an awful way to live. We'll find out when we get to the end. Well, uh, that's that's not so with the child of God. We can know now that we're children of God. I like uh, where it says there that we are children of God now. We're His children right now. Well... As believers, since we're children of God, we are king's kids. But since the world did not recognize Jesus as the King of Kings when he came to this earth to minister, the world does not recognize us as king's kids. Everybody knows Prince William and Prince Harry. They belong to the royal family in England. Their grandmother is the Queen of England. The reason everyone recognizes Harry and William is because people know their grandmother. If it wasn't for Queen Elizabeth, Harry and William, their names and pictures wouldn't be splashed all over the gossip magazines at the grocery store checkouts. Since the majority of people in the world today don't know Jesus as King, they don't recognize us as King's kids the king's kids that we are. But all of that, Matt, is going to change one of these days. The day is coming when everyone is going to recognize us for who we are, children of God, king's kids. In verse 2, John, he writes, Beloved, now we are the children of God. And it is not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we will know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. As believers in Christ, we are the children of God, as I said a few moments ago right now. But the world does not see us as king's kids. But... The world is going to see us as a king's kid one day. And that is going to happen when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back to this earth. Now, he's going to come back in the rapture just for the church, bring the saints with him that's going to get glorified bodies. We'll be made like Jesus right then. This old earthly body will be changed to a glorious body like Jesus. But the world won't see us in that glorious body because the rapture of the church happens in an instant, in a moment. And it's only after seven years when Jesus returns to this earth and we return with him while the people on earth are going to look up and they're going to see Jesus in the sky coming and uh, him arrayed with all of his saints behind him. And then they'll be able to identify us and know us is who we truly are, a child of the King.
0: You know, Dad, and you, you kind of uh, went into verse 2 there and and, and talked about that, and I, I want to kind of pick up a, a couple other pieces there, and we'll just read it for the, the listeners one more time. It says, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed uh, what we shall be, but we know when he is revealed, uh, we shall be like him, for, for we shall see him as he is. And so um, a couple of things that I saw there, as, you, as you've already uh, touched on, is right now, even today, we are, ch- uh, are children of God. Or we're a child of God, if you're a true believer. And as the old so, uh, saying goes, like father, like son, right? Mm-hmm. And so we already possess some of the qualities of, of Christ. And uh-huh. we we possess those because we have been reborn. Uh, we have uh, been born of the spirit. and We have the spirit of, of God living in us and working mm-hmm. through us. And so we already have some of those qualities. That's Right. Granted, we're not fully there, no. um, but we can. We have that fruit of the spirit that we keep talking about, and that is a qualities uh, that Christ um, had as well. But there's going to come a day, as you talked about, and it's that glorious day that we've already referenced a couple times in this podcast, when the dead in Christ are going to rise, and all those that remain are changed in a twinkling of the an eye. And at that point, we're going to receive those glorified bodies. We're going to be turned in to to Christ like mm-hmm. figures, and that's exciting. We don't, yeah. and as John said, we don't exactly understand exactly what that is. That's going to look like. Right. Um, but it's going to be amazing that, that we are going to be fully in the image uh, of Jesus at that point in time. That's
1: exactly right. Hey, Matt, I, I, I read an illustration that's pretty good that relates to uh, the great things that's ahead of us. A tourist visiting Washington, D.C. was riding around in a taxi, and as they passed the National Archives building, the visitor saw the words, what is past is prologue. Well, what does that mean, she asked the Cabby. After a moment of thought, he responded, Lady, that's just government talk, for you ain't seen nothing yet. Well, that was John's message in verse 2. Right now, we have the matchless privilege of being the children of God, but we ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to be. Eventually, as you said, Matt, we will be like Jesus, and we will see Jesus just as He is.
0: And you know, it can happen at any time, as we've already talked about, Dad, so we need to stay in that perpetual readiness that we talked about uh, in, the, in the prior verses. So we've talked about uh, kind of two of the implications of being a child of God. The first was That uh, we are an oddity to the world Uh, Uh They don't understand who we are They don't know who we are Um, And then we talked about uh, that we will be like Christ And that we already uh, have some Christ-like characteristics But we're going to be fully in His image um, Mm -hmm. At that glorious day And then the last thing uh, that John uh, Shares with us here And this is where we're going to pair together again uh, Chapter 2, verse 29 And then verse 3 of chapter 3 together uh, That we should uh, practice righteousness And live pure lives And so Mm -hmm. I want to go back to to chapter 2 verse 29 and just read that for our listeners it says if you know that he is righteous you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him and then if we drop down to verse 3 there and in in chapter 3 it says and everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure Mm -hmm. and so um I see this as is uh, kind of almost a, a summative argument that John is making here, and uh, I began to think about what does it mean to practice righteousness, and uh, I began to read a lot of uh, different uh, writers who who wrote on mm-hmm. this and and trying to figure it out. And you know, I, I really came back and uh, and to me, what made the most sense is to use John's own words and right. to use what we've already talked about. And so I see John saying here, you know, practice righteousness. What does that mean? What does living a pure life means? Well, again, it's what we've already covered. It means to walk in light, mm-hmm. to, to confess our sins whenever we have sin in our life and get it out and, mm-hmm. and ask for forgiveness, um, to keep his commands. We talked about if you, if you know Christ, you're going to keep his commands. We need to love our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, but not only just our brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to love everyone. Right. God, God yeah. said we need to love everyone. We need to abstain from, the, uh, from worldly living and love of the world. We've already covered that in past podcasts. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we need to abide in him. We need to uh, continue to seek God on a daily basis. We need to uh, continue to, to study his word and to seek his will in our life and to be obedient to, to whatever he wants us to do.
1: Right. That's right. You know, Matt, because we are children of God, we should live as children of God right now because we shall someday be like Jesus We should have a desire to become like Jesus right now. I think it's pretty interesting here in verse 29 going back to chapter 2 where he said, If you know that he, that God is righteous, you will know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of God. You see, when you know God and God lives in you, then you're going to live like God. You're going to allow God to live his life through you. He's righteous, and you're going to live a righteous and a holy life. And so we, we come to learn after a while, as we get to know God more, we're able more to recognize who his children are because of the way they live their life. They exhibit that fruit of the Spirit that you talked about a while ago that is just odd to the world because the world's not used to seeing anybody live like Jesus.
0: So we've looked uh, here in chapter three, uh, and we see uh, several things. We see that we are um, made part of the family of God because he loved us so much, Dad. And and then we see because we are a child of God and we're in his family that we're going to uh, live a certain way, right? We're going to uh, be like him. We're going to live like him. Uh, We're going to love others, Um, And we do all that because we know that he's going to be coming back one day for us.
1: Right. Yeah. I've got a little poem I'd like to read here at the conclusion of this podcast about Jesus coming back. If Christ should come back next Sunday, and it may be that he will, with the thing that I'll be doing, let the master's heart a thrill. If Christ should come next Sunday, would he find me loyal, true in my place with my influence doing what he'd have me do? If the Christ should come back next Sunday, let's suppose he came at 10, would he hear me answer present in the class I should attend? If the Christ should come next Sunday, if he came just at 11, would he find me in his service singing praises unto heaven? Dear friend, let me ask you a question. Would you be ready to meet Jesus if you knew that he was going to come back next Sunday? If not, this is what you need to do. You need to ask God to forgive you of your sins right now. You need to commit yourself to put Jesus back on the throne of your life and get busy serving him because you know what? He might not wait the next Sunday. He might come before the day's up. So go ahead and get ready. Start living for him, pleasing him and serving him. And also, I want to say to those of you that are listening to this podcast, there are some out there I know that have not accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. Let me tell you. For him to be Savior, he's got to be Lord too. Every time you read in the Scripture concerning Jesus, especially over in the letters, Jesus is referred to as the Lord Jesus. You've got to receive him as Lord. Turn away from those sins that have hurt him and ask him to forgive you and commit your life to live for Jesus as the Lord of your life. Ask him to come inside of your heart and live in you. He'll change your mind, your thoughts, your attitudes, your actions. He'll make a new person out of you. Old things will pass away. Pass away. Behold, you'll become like a new creature in Christ Jesus. I want to pray for you. Is that okay, Matt, before we uh, go off the air? Yep. Let's pray. Pray us out of here. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you in Jesus' name that you gave Matt and I an opportunity today to just talk about the glorious appearing of Jesus. Lord, we don't want to be in that crowd that's ashamed when he comes back. We don't want you to come back and catch us doing something we ought not to be doing. Lord, we want to be pleasing you. Every day, you deserve, Lord, uh, someone, your servant, to live a life that pleases you. And we want to be that servant. God, we want to have confidence uh, when you come back like we're greeting an old friend. Our Heavenly Father, for those that are not Christians, I pray that they will pray and ask Jesus to come into their life and change their life today. And Lord, for those Christians that have not been living for you like they should, I pray, God, that they would recommit their life to Jesus and start serving Him better and better and be ready when He comes back again. And it's in Jesus' name we lift this prayer. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bonfire Podcast. We encourage you to subscribe wherever you stream your podcast content. Also, be sure to rate us on iTunes and Facebook so that others will know about the podcast. If you have a question that you'd like to see us address on an episode, feel free to email us at bonfireministries@gmail.com. at gmail.com.